Hello and welcome to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast, where we give you practical advice on how to navigate the Victorian education system and help your child take their skills to the next level. And now, here's your host, Twee Fam. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Spectrum Tuition Podcast. My name is Twee Fam and I cannot tell you how excited I am about today's episode. So before we get started, I just wanted to talk about the beauty of full circle moments. Who doesn't love them? Full circle moments can be deeply meaningful, often symbolizing a sense of completion, fulfillment, and the opportunity to give back or to inspire others. And this is exactly what today's episode is all about. Today, I am so excited to invite Ayan Ahmad, a former student of ours turned tutor at Spectrum Tuition. So Ayan first started at Spectrum Tuition as a bright and determined student in year eight to prepare for the Victorian Selective Exam. While he was there, he achieved exceptional milestones, including receiving offers to attend selective schools in Victoria as well as a full scholarship to attend Melbourne Grammar, one of the most prestigious schools in Victoria, where he was also appointed school vice-captain. But Ayan's story takes on an even more extraordinary dimension. In addition to his role at Spectrum Tuition, Ayan also serves as a vital member of the management team at the Melbourne Foundation. Through his involvement in the Melbourne Foundation, Ayan embodies the true spirit of giving back. His passion for education extends beyond his own accomplishments as he actively works to create opportunities for those who may otherwise be denied them. Imagine a story where the pursuit of academic excellence intertwines with a deep sense of compassion and a commitment to creating opportunities for others. Ayan's journey beautifully encapsulates just that. So get ready to be moved by the incredible story of Ayan Ahmad, a tale of academic excellence, mentorship, and a passionate pursuit of equality in education, and a wonderful example of a full circle moment. So hi, Ayan, and welcome to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast. Now, I absolutely love when past students come back and join the team after they finish high school. And at our very last end-of-term dinner, we had a conversation about what life has been like for you since we last crossed paths, um, what your high school experience was like, and I was just so blown away by your experiences that I absolutely had to have you on the podcast today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Twee. Thank you very much. Okay, fantastic. So firstly, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So what you're currently studying, what your hobbies are, etc. Yeah, of course. Um, so at the moment, I'm studying a Bachelor of Science at Melbourne, um, majoring in physiology, uh, you know, more health-oriented stuff, uh, biology subjects. That's like the that's like my main area at the moment. Um, I sort of uh, grew interested in that field back in high school, you know, um, I had some pretty great biology teachers and that sort of spurred me on. Um, and uh, besides that, I really do enjoy um, 
the humanities a lot, you know, uh, philosophy, um, history in particular. Um, so along with my science subjects, I've also been doing a lot of humanities uh, breadth subjects. Um, so that gives me a bit of, you know, uh, variety and I, I really do enjoy all of that. Um, I am in my second year at the moment and I'm enjoying um, the course quite a fair bit. It's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a, you know, a grind, but um, I think I'm getting through it all right. And uh, I'm just sort of looking forward to, to how it sort of unravels into the future. Um, outside of uni and, and uh, work, I really enjoy, you know, my sports, you know, um, soccer in particular. Um, I like cricket a fair bit, a uh, fair bit of tennis in there as well. Um, and uh, reading is a, is, a, is a pretty big hobby of mine, you know, uh, like the humanities. Uh, I think a lot of my interest in that field comes from uh, the books I read in high school and, and uh, what I currently read as well. Um, and uh, cooking, weirdly enough, is a, is a pretty big hobby of mine. I think uh, nothing crazy in terms of, you know, the material that I cook, but like sandwiches, for example, you know, my sister and I, we make uh, quite a few fair few sandwiches together um and uh yeah i'd say that's that that about covers it um i started i was at spectrum back in 2017 um oh sorry end of 2016 and halfway through 2017 to uh what was part of the selective classes back there um in hoppers crossing and um i enjoyed the experience so much you know i had a great tutor and um just at the start of this year i thought you know it'd be uh not such a bad idea if i you know, came back. Um, I was pretty familiar with the with the structure, and I thought it'd be a really good, great place to pick up, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, here I am. So yeah, yeah, it's been fantastic having you. So um, at the end of every term, we've got a survey where students can write comments about how they found classes throughout the term. And I just wanted to share with the listeners some of the comments that we were able to gather for you. So um, one student said. His one-on-one student help is outstanding. He makes the lesson more engaging. He always explains topics clearly and is always in a good mood. So how do you think your experience as a former student at Spectrum Tuition has shaped your approach to teaching and mentoring current students in your current role now? Um, I think I think my main sort of focus or the, the, the main sort of idea I have in my mind whenever I'm teaching a class is that, you know, I want the students to be able to get as much out of whatever I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I want to keep them engaged. And I, I find the best way to do that is to teach in a way that I feel that I would equally benefit from if I was in their position, or if that makes sense. It's a bit of a selfish <laughs> sort of view, but um, I find that, you know, having been at Spectrum back in year eight, you know, I remember very clearly what worked um, in a teaching environment, you know, when my tutor would be explaining something you know, what, what sort of things stuck the most. Um, and that sort of came from my tutor's sort of engagement with the material. Um, I think because of what I, I experienced back at Spectrum in 2017, um, from there, you know, I, I sort of took on more one-to-one, you know, volunteering tutoring roles in high school as well. There was a Smith family program that I was a part of. And um, I pretty much, you know, just helped primary school kids with, uh, with their homework um, every what, Wednesday, Thursday, I think. And I found that if I was able to engage with them in a way that that was sort of relative to them, you know, if they were able to relate to me better, if I, I think by, by I found that, you know, reducing that kind of barrier between tutor and student um, and allowing us to sort of exist or, you know, to, to learn on an equal level, equal footing, um, that helped them the most. They got the most out of that. Um, that sort of method. 
And I found that to be particularly help, particularly helpful the last couple months um, that I've been here. Or I've been at Spectrum, and um, I think yeah, exactly. Like I said, that sort of that that was rooted in my experience, you know, um, way back in year eight. But yeah, that that that's that's like the main idea, the main sort of uh, thought process I have in mind um, prior to you know teaching a class or you know while I'm teaching a class. And I'm I'm just really glad that it's sort of paying off, you know. Um, and hopefully, I'm able to carry that on into the into the future as well. What's been the most rewarding experience or moment that you've had so far while being a spectrum tuition tutor? I think just seeing the general progress of my students over the you know the five weeks that I've that I've been at Spectrum, um, particularly in I think English because uh, the subject that I'm teaching has one main sort of uh, text that the students are studying. It's really easy to see the progress as they. Um, as they, you know, sort of make their way through the term. Uh, with maths, you know, there's different topics every couple of weeks. So there, there's different levels, you know, of knowledge. But with English, um, it's quite easy to see uh, how a student's progressing, particularly through their writing, you know. So I found that um, the most rewarding aspect was um, seeing a couple of students of mine in, in my class who were having a bit of a rough time uh, getting used to the text response sort of style um, and being able to respond to the text in, in an effective way. Um, so in that first week that I was there, you know, I was able to, you know, discuss with them very clearly, you know, what works, what doesn't work in terms of their expression, their vocab, their, you know, sentence structure, all that sort of stuff. And sort of building up from the very foundation, you know, um, to, to make the rest of their essay, you know, much more effective. And I found that, you know, I saw week by week, there was, you know, incremental, you know, change. And um, I feel that for me, that's been, that's been the most uh, rewarding part because, it's it's uh, nice to see um, a student you know develop um, uh, because they they really want to you know they like they really put you can really see the effort that they're putting in and by the end of last term you know they were writing full essays pretty much and I could definitely see the, the improvement from when I had started so I think um, yeah I think I think just just seeing the effect um, of you know, this is my first time properly you know teaching or tutoring a class and really being able to see the effect that my advice, I suppose, has or, or feedback has had on them. It's, uh, yeah, so I, I suppose that's that's been my primary sort of takeaway, I think, yeah. Okay, great. Um, can you think of any specific strategies or teaching techniques that you've found to be most effective in helping students, in particular with the English, because a lot of students have anxiety around English, um, and, you know, given that you... Um, you know, really enjoy uh, English. Um, so, you know, like that you, you've you you've been really confident with your English in the past. So what um, what specific strategies and techniques have you brought into the classroom to help the students succeed? Um, yeah, no. So I, I found that uh, when I was in high school in year 11, year 12, when the sort of content was starting to become a bit more advanced and the the small details you know in the writing matter mattered a lot more. I found that um, when I began to struggle to improve or when I sort of hit a, a sort of plateau in my in the quality of my writing, I found that um, discussing with a with a mate or you know or getting him to mark my work and I'll, I'd mark his work, you know, really being able to draw influence from you know someone else's uh, ideas and, and sort of style. I found that that worked really well for me. And I've been trying to get that sort of going in my class as well, you know, where students will look at each other's work, you know, how see how another student would write the same sort of, uh, about the same sort of idea. 
I think that that's particularly beneficial because when you think about it, you know, as humans, you know, we're not, we're not um, stationary sort of creatures, you know, we're, we're extremely social, we're very emotional. And I think our, the, the, uh, our existence is pretty much like the, wherever we might be at one particular point in time is, is that is pretty much the zenith of, you know, all past experiences that we've had. And I think um, if we try to implement that kind of thinking into an education sort of system, um, we really have to sort of break down that um, idea that, you know, kids are competing with each other. And I, I found that that was a, a really detrimental mindset in, in VCE, you know, where everyone's competing with each other, you know, they're all uh, blocked off, you know, there's no sort of collaboration that, you know, that they should uh, engage in. But honestly, I, I think that um, getting my students in my class to uh, see how someone else would approach the same topic, you know, I think that's helped them a lot. There's one particular student who, you know, she is she writes excellently it's just that the particular text response style is a bit foreign to her and um there, there's another student you know who writes a uh, text response essay you know particularly well you know she takes it she takes to it quite um easily so uh there was there were a couple of classes where we got the chance to you know swap work you know do some peer editing um and also uh we, we had like this sort of uh, frankenstein kind of structure that that spectrum you know organized where one student would write the introduction, another would do the body paragraph, and then, you know, so on, so on, um, and just sort of alternate. And uh, I, think, I think that's one of the key sort of um, skills that I find is really beneficial for a, an English sort of environment. Because, yeah, language, you know, it's how we communicate. It's, uh, and it's going to be different for everyone. Everyone sort of uh, got different conventions that they use, you know, and they're used to. So I think that's a particularly helpful um, uh, method, you know, of, of just being able to see how someone else would convey a similar message and, you know, what kind of uh, techniques they would use. And um, if, you know, if anyone's, you know, whoever's listening out there, you know, if you're at school, if you're struggling with um, a, a, a sort of more humanities, you know, subject English in particular, you know, ask a friend, you know, if you can edit their essay, if you can mark it, you know, or if they could mark yours, you know, people have different views and um, you won't be able to see the same mistakes, you know, in your writing that someone else might be able to. And, vice versa with someone else so um i think i think that that in particular helped me a lot when i was in high school and i'm trying to get my uh students in my class sort of used to that as well yeah it offers a bit of a fresh perspective as well and um because a lot of the students who come to spectrum like most students who come to spectrum are there to learn you know like they are they're very motive they're highly motivated they're often self-selecting as students who really want to further themselves and who really, really want to learn. So when you're put in an environment like that and um, and you're surrounded by other students who are highly motivated and who want to excel in their studies, then, you know, like that can only improve. Um, help, exactly. Help. Yeah. So um, how, in what ways do you believe uh, Spectrum Tuition has had a positive impact on your academic journey, both as a student and now as a tutor? Um, I think I think when I was a student back in high school, you know, and I was at Spectrum in year eight, I think the main kind of impact that I, I felt that um, going to Spectrum had on me was um, it, it sort of helped me uh, gain a fresh perspective almost, you know, in terms of how I viewed um, education, you know, how I viewed um, going to, a, you know, a tutoring centre, you know, learning new things. Although I was there for the selective classes um, and, you know, although the content wasn't entirely applicable to school, it was different to what school taught. I think, yeah, it really helped me sort of broaden my horizons in the sense that there were kids who were, you know, like-minded 
um, but they had completely different, you know, um, journeys, you know, and I think talking to them about what, what works for them in a, in a sort of academic environment um, and being able to, you know, uh, discuss freely um, that, that I think influenced me a lot. Um, of course, it was a long time ago, so I, I'm not too sure, like, what specific um, parts, you know, influenced me the, the most, but um, I think I can probably speak better um, as a tutor and um, having, you know, uh, spent, you know, better part, you know, just over half a term uh, at Spectrum, I think it's, um, I think it's only helped me get better at my time management, you know, although it's, you know, I'm, I'm working um, as, as a tutor, you know, I'm not, I'm not a student or anything. I think the workload that I get, um, it's helped me break up my time much more effectively almost. Um, for, for a long time, I've sort of believed that having more to do helps you essentially um, leaves you more time almost. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you have a lot on your plate, you know, you're more inclined to organizing yourself better so that you don't feel the burden of it. And I think as a tutor, um, that's helped me a lot with, with uni, for example, you know, um, as, a, as a student at uni. Um, I'm able to divvy up my time a lot more fairly. And um, as such, you know, it helps me manage my uni workload at the same time. I'm not sure if that's the best uh, answer, but it's just sort of what's coming to mind. And um, uh, I wish I could speak more about, you know, um, what it was like, you know, being a student, but like I said, a very long time ago, but uh, yeah, I hope that, I hope that works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, they say that uh, in order to get something done, you give it to the busiest person because they'll, they'll be able to make it, make it happen, you know? Um, now you said before that uh, Spectrum was very different from your own experience at school. Can you remember um, what it was that set Spectrum tuition apart from school or from any other uh, educational institutions that you may have attended in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, in my mind, I remember comparing it to the school I was at in year seven, year eight, and. Um, it was it was a great school, you know, uh, plenty of, you know, like-minded people um, similar to Spectrum. But I think the uh, difference came from, well, of course, you know, the classes were obviously smaller, um, but just the engagement with my tutor, you know, she was, um, she was particularly very helpful with, uh, I think, explaining rigorously the kind of content that we, that we encountered. And obviously, you know, for those uh, selected classes, um, it was new material that I hadn't really come across. Um, and there's one particular example, actually, um, from my math class that I, I, I clearly remember doing. Um, it was something about consecutive um, numbers, unknown consecutive numbers or something like that, that would add up to a certain number and you'd have to find, let's say, the second number in that, in that um, order. Um, and I remember the way that she had taught that uh, particular concept it's still stuck with me today i don't know what it was about it but i think um it was it was just really the the engagement of my tutor you know the way that she would really try to try to um convey the meaning and message you know behind a certain question um that really stuck with me and i think that's where the difference i think lied between being at spectrum at the time and being at school um and uh, because yeah honestly i i couldn't remember you know <laughs> a lot of stuff you know from year eight um but i do remember that particular thing from my spectrum class and i also remember how we sort of uh did our writing activities which i still you know the, the techniques that i still use today 
And I think that's what that's what's made the difference, you know, the kind of lasting impact. And I think that's what I try to strive to accomplish as a tutor now, where I'm trying to um, sort of help my students, you know, see or, or take pathways, you know, in their in their processes that that really stick with them that that can be helpful not just now in the present moment but you know later on as well but yeah I think that's what that would be the main difference that I, that I felt. Yeah and that's what I always say to parents as well um, you know a lot of students yes the immediate goal is to prepare for the Victorian selective exam or for a scholarship but what you will be able to learn will go will, will stick with students way beyond the exam, um, because what we're what our goal is is to um, ensure that students develop those really positive habits um, and develop the skills that they can, you know, that that they have with them up until year twelve and also beyond. And I think that comes with also ensuring that we have um, amazing tutors in the role to be able to inspire students, because we. Um, we very deliberately only hire top performing university students who have experienced that success in their own studies in the past. And then we then take them through a rigorous training session an ongoing training training um, program to be able to equip tutors with the skills, the teaching knowledge to be able to convey the information moving forward. So, yeah, so beyond the initial training, is there anything that you do to stay updated with the latest teaching methodologies and educational advancements in order to provide the best support to Spectrum tuition students? Um, yeah, so I think uh, there's, a, there's a weekly email that comes out or there, there's, there's emails that come out throughout the week um, with little tips and tricks, you know, to um, better improve my teaching methods. I think, thank you, send them actually to me. Um, but I get them from Spectrum. and. Um, uh, they they're particularly helpful because every now and then I'll get something that can help me address maybe like you know a small issue that I might have had in the week before um, in my class and I think um, in applying that little that little technique you know I can make sure it doesn't happen again you know so it's of course you know I, I can't have like a perfect class every single time you know there's little things that might crop up but by sort of piecing those things together you know. Um, I can work slowly towards uh, an ideal, you know, sort of lesson. And beyond that, I think I I sort of look back to previous um, tutoring experiences that I might have had, you know, the volunteering ones, you know, with those primary school students. And there was a VCE summer school that I did at the start of the year at university. And um, I sort of think back to those as well occasionally, you know, um, what might have worked in terms of engagement and uh, what worked well um, in terms of uh, allowing students to, uh, I suppose, discuss freely, you know, really have techniques or, you know, um, concepts stick with them, you know, very well. But I think, yeah, in, in particular, that those, those spectrum emails about uh, teaching methods, they, they come in handy uh, quite a lot. And um, because I don't really have much of a teaching background, I don't really know many, you know, uh, teachers outside of school, you know, so it's um it, it it was pretty new you know um this kind of experience but I feel like yeah I do what I can and uh, whatever works you know I'm able to review every week and it's yeah exactly it's it's really helpful to get those student reviews back as well to to find out what's working what's not working you know apply it in the long term so uh, so yeah yeah fantastic 
Um, so what we what we do here at Spectrum is we hire for enthusiasm and we teach for the skills because it's quite easy to be able to teach the skills, but very, very difficult to find somebody who has, you know, that success and that enthusiasm for learning that will, um, you know, th that will inspire students. So there are a couple of memorable moments or success stories from your time as a student at Spectrum Tuition. Can you share some of those accomplishments with uh, our listeners today? Uh, how do you mean? Do you mean like while I was at, I was there or like after I left, do you mean like? Yeah, so um, as a result of, or, you know, like you, you came for a particular purpose um, oh, right. to prepare you for, um, for specific exams. So, um, yeah, just wanted to talk about those experiences. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Um, so obviously I was um, at Spectrum for the selective classes to sit the selective entry exam. Um, after that, uh, I was able to get entry into, you know, uh, Melbourne High. Um, but at the same time, I had applied to, for a scholarship at Melbourne Grammar, um, a school, you know, uh, nearby. And uh, their selection process was very similar to, um, uh, oh, I wouldn't say very similar, but they had, they had uh, a couple of exams, you know, online, written, that had a similar structure to what the selective entry exam was like. Um, An important, sorry, uh, important caveat was that uh, with the selective entry exam, I was called back for the, I think, what was it called? The principal's discretion um, for both Melbourne High and Susan Corey. And so I, um, I actually got Twee's help, you know, your help uh, to sort of prepare for the interview that would, that would be part of that process. And um, I ended up going to Melbourne High, Susan Corey, and following that uh, process, you know, I got a call back from both. Um, in particular, I think that that interview, uh, sort of that mock interview that I did at Spectrum helped a lot with the uh, Melbourne Grammar application at the same time, because that was a very, uh, very specific process. You know, there was a lot involved. And in particular, there were, there were you know, three or four interviews that I had to do with different people. And I think the, um, the general type of, I suppose, um, interview etiquette you know or, or um the 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 methods that i got from you know from that mock interview you know i was able to use that in those in those settings and uh they were particularly helpful i think and uh, i was able to get a call back from them so um yeah so so there was a uh, susan corey a melbourne high and a melbourne grammar um uh call back and uh i think Pretty much everything that I'd done up until that point at Spectrum was wildly um, helpful, um, and uh, and yeah, and here we are today. I love a full circle moment. <laughs> <laughs> Too right. Um, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So what? So you said that there were four. That there were there were four interviews. About that, yeah. It was uh, about Melbourne three or four, Grammar. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. it was, so it started off with the online application, which was, uh, followed by an online test. And then from there, it was filtered onto a, an in-person stage and that had a written application and a written test. And on the same day as that written test, I had, um, two interviews. Um, essentially what they try to do is they sort of, um, do their best to, I guess, gauge a person's, um, social sort of skills, you know, they want to you know, see how personable 
uh, one of the kids is. Um, and, you know, besides, besides their, I suppose, academic um, skills uh, and, and I think their financial sort of status as well. But um, I think the point of those two interviews was more just about getting to know um, uh, me, you know, as a student, as a person. There weren't really any um, questions about, like, it, it was more about, you know, what sort of hobbies do I have? You know, what kind of things do I like doing in my, in my free time? Um, uh, how I sort of interact with the world, that kind of thing. And, you know, obviously, you know, I, I wasn't fully aware of how to answer that because the selective entry um, uh, schools, they had slightly different requirements. But like I said, you know, the mock interview I had with you, that, that helped a lot. I feel like I was um, way back when I was, I was quite, you know, timid, I think, you know, uh, particularly, you know, in year seven. By year eight, you know, I think I was uh, getting better in terms of my um, sort of social skills. But even then, you know, um, it was, it was nerve wracking nonetheless. But I think getting that initial um, support at Spectrum helped quite a fair bit um, because up until then, you know, I, I haven't I hadn't really been in an in interview in, uh, environment. Um, and then following those two interviews and the written uh, test, there was a um, there was a family interview uh, and another individual one. And so it was a very rigorous process. But by then, you know, it was um, it was uh, a bit normal. You know, it I think the the initial sort of um, anxiety of like the selective uh, exam had sort of uh, mulled over, and uh, I think by then it was it was a bit easier. But yeah, nonetheless, quite a rigorous exp uh, process. But um, got through it all right, I think. And um, uh, yeah, like you said, here we are. Yeah, fantastic. Do you remember any of the questions, or what what sort of questions they would ask during um, the individual? Uh, interview with yourself and also the family interview yeah yeah of course so um there was uh in that first day I remember there was the first interview they asked me about um or which books am I reading you know at the moment or which book I like the most and um I had to sort of I mean I, I got to be carried away but you know I spoke about you know which books I liked and um uh we started and that sort of went off into a bit of a digression, you know, and they just sort of asked me about those books, you know, what I like about them, that kind of thing. And then the topics that those books were based on pretty much, you know. Um, so it was, it was a bit, it was a bit sort of uh, free in the sense that there weren't any, there were, you know, questions that they had to follow, but from those questions, you know, whatever came, you know, they would, um, they would follow along with that. Um, and I remember that, that being part of the first interview. And then the, the second interview on that day, they asked about, you know, um, uh, my friendship, my friendships at school and, uh, what kind of, you know, hobbies I have. And one of the things I mentioned was, um, uh, woodworking at, at school at the time. I was a big fan of that. And I remember making these little wooden boxes and, uh, my friend and I, we, we made about, I think 10 of them. They were, they were tiny, but we'd sell them for like, you know, $5 a pop and um, we'd give them to the librarians or some of our teachers. And so <laughs> there's a little cash in hand there, but um, that was something, you know, they asked me about and they sort of, you know, led on from there. So I think um, it was, it was quite, yeah, it, it felt a lot more, it was, it was, it was like a natural kind of thing, you know, and I was um, part of the management process back when I was in year 12 uh, and, year, and year 10, actually. Um, I wasn't, you know, managing per se, but I was able to, you know, see what it was like you know they, they got me and my friend to sort of invigilate written exams and whatnot um and it was it was similar again and i remember um the family interview 
that was slightly different in the sense that um, they focused a lot more on, on the dynamic as a whole, you know, how I was with my brother and my sister, um, what the family dynamic was at home. Um, and it was, I think, yeah, similar in the sense that we would mention one thing and, you know, it would digress into multiple topics related to that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, uh, like I said, you know, not very similar to anything I've done, but, um, quite a, it felt quite natural almost. Yeah. Like a, like a conversation really. Great. And how did that differ from the, uh, Melbourne high and Suzanne Corey interview? Yeah. So the Melbourne high and Susan Corey, I, I remember <laughs> during the mock interview, uh, with, with you two, I remember, um, you asked about, the, one of the first questions was like, uh, what do you know about uh, our institution? And <laughs> me being, you know, the silly red kid I was, I, um, I Googled up, you know, oh, uh, Melbourne High's history or whatever, you know, and I sort of went on a spiel about that. Um, when in fact you were asking more about, you know, oh, the kind of extracurricular activities they had on display, you know, their kind of uh, the, the facilities as well. And um, that was, I, I think I remember you mentioning that's something you said to, to mention in the interview eventually. And um, that was, yeah, it was pretty much like that, you know, where they would ask about, you know, what I knew about the school, um, what I could bring to the school um, in terms of, you know, as an individual and what the school could give back. Um, it was a lot more about that. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, different sort of styles, but still very important questions. And I think beyond that, there was a, there was a, a group stage um, sort of, interview where we had to do like a a collaboration you know everyone discussed together there was some activities as well but essentially I think the Susan Corey and um, Melbourne High interviews they were more centered around how I would sort of um, feel you know um, if I you know got into you know those schools and while that was the main focus of those interviews the Melbourne Grammar one that was an aspect of it so they would you know they would ask me how would my life be changed or, you know, how would my life be different if I went to, you know, uh, that school or um, how would I manage that kind of thing? That was an aspect of it. Um, but with the selective entry schools, I remember that was the, the sort of main focus, really. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that's, that's probably the main difference that I, could, that I could probably think of, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. How many places are available, how many scholarship spaces or places are available um, through the Melbourne Foundation? Yeah, so we've actually uh, been increasing over the last couple of years. So in 2007, the very first um, sorry um, candidate, he he was just the one one guy. You know, he started in 2007, and then uh, the following round there was another just one kid as well. And the year after that, there was just one kid. So across maybe I think 10 years, there were three um, uh, scholars. But I think starting in 2016. There were two students, and then in my year, there were two, myself and my friend. And then following us, there were another two. Um, And then the most recent round, which was two years back, um, there were four at Melbourne Grammar. And um, uh, if I'm not wrong, they're aiming for a similar uh, number this time around. So um, with the Melbourne Foundation, for Melbourne Grammar, they're aiming for about four uh, again and with St. Catharines which is the the all-girls school they're hoping to get about three um, candidates so all all around the board they're trying to increase um, firstly funding and then you know subsequently the the number of places available Um, but yeah uh, around that mark so four for the all boys and then um, three for the all-girls school yeah amazing 
Thank you for uh, outlining that entire process. I think that that's, that'll be very, very um, useful for a lot of students who are looking to, uh, to apply through this process. Um, and I really like how they also bring you back in and involve you in the process of selecting the next group yeah. of recipients. Is that is that is that the the model? Um, is that what they hope to achieve through this particular program? Is it not only to give you a place, but also to develop those leadership skills and um, the organisational skills that you might not otherwise get from anywhere else? Because I mean, you know, as a, as a student who attends Melbourne Grammar, you don't get that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I think if anything. I suppose they hope that, you know, we come back and, you know, we, we help out in the process, you know, and we become part of the foundation. Um, that's their hope. You know, it's not guaranteed. But I feel that just like uh, going from, you know, between year nine and year 12, whatever I experienced, um, whatever I was involved with, I think that ultimately was the reason behind why I decided to, you know, be so involved with um, the Melbourne Foundation afterwards. In particular, you know, um, I think... Yeah, the, the community services program at, at Melbourne Grammar, I was involved from, from the start of year nine, really, all the way through to the end. And I think that was one of the main uh, proponents behind my sort of um, desire to, you know, be able to give back in, in the same sort of fashion um, that I was given. Um, because I feel that, yeah, that, that particular program, you know, along with, you know, the sports, the, the extracurriculars, you know, just the school in general, you know, um, really sort of shaped me as a person. I think being able to, you know, help people in, in, in a way that really, really mattered. Um, I think that's wanted me to be a part of this foundation that, you know, really prioritizes the, the sort of access to, you know, um, high, you know, higher quality education that, you know, can really change people's lives. Um, I, you know, my friend and I were talking, you know, when we're, you know, in our sixties, we hope to be, you know, um, even sooner than that, you know, we hope to be, you know, giving back, you know, actually donating to, to the foundation, you know, to actually be able to fund these scholarships as well. But at the moment, this is the least we can really do. And, um, and you know, I've known these people for quite a long time now. And it's, I, I feel that personally, you know, it's the very least I could do, you know, is to help them out, you know, is to be part of the same foundation. And um, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it, maybe it's not like an intended consequence, but it happens either way, if you know what I mean. You know, you, you experience all these things, you can't help but sort of feel that, you know, uh, need in you to, to, to be able to give back uh, in a similar way. But, yeah. Amazing. How did you feel when you received the news of getting a scholarship? Uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a random, you know, Wednesday night, I think. And um, uh, I, we just got the call and it was just uh, first, you know, it wasn't really, I think, it didn't really register for a little while. And then a couple hours later, I was just in the backyard and, you know, it just sort of hit me. Um, and then slowly, bit by bit, um, as the as the process sort of progressed, and you know, I was able to go to the school, you know, see what it was really like um, prior to starting. I think that's when it, you know, really started to, set, to settle in. And you know, it, it's hard to, I think, it's just like it's a completely different world to you know what I'd already um, experienced with, uh, prior to that. And um, when you when you go there, you know, you see what's you know available you know um what you can sort of be involved in it, it it becomes a lot more clearer and 
And uh, but yeah, I think in that in that moment when I first got the call, it was just uh, yeah, it was just a bit bit of a brain fuzz, I'll be honest. But um, but it was yeah, pretty pretty monumental. Yeah, fantastic. So moving on to your experiences now, while you're at the school, what were some of the unique opportunities and experiences that you had as a scholarship recipient or as a student at Melbourne Grammar School? Yeah, so. Um, I think the very first, uh, thing that I was able to sort of be involved in, um, that was bigger than, you know, anything I'd done in the past was in year nine, at the end of term one, we had a, uh, a school camp and that was, uh, the first time, you know, I'd, I'd gone away for a very long time, um, been away from my family. Um, and that camp was out to the Grampians and it was a, uh, sort of like a seven day trip um, completely, you know, in the wilderness, you know, staying in tents, whatever. And I think from then on, once I, once I came back from that, uh, trip, you know, I felt, you know, that the next few years to come were going to be, you know, completely different to what I'd done in the past. And yeah, so pretty much from then on, you know, there was just like a, a sequence of, uh, experiences that, you know, that really, um, that, that made me realize, you know, how different, you know, my life was prior to it. So, you know, I had a similar camp in the uh, term three, but it was up in the mountains, you know, uh, cross country skiing, you know, in the snow. Um, but it was the following year in year 10 when I got the chance to go to Vietnam on a service trip. Now that community service trip, it was, um, that, that, that was the idea, you know, community service. So we weren't there for a holiday, you know, it was sure it was, you know, a cultural trip, but the main idea was to be able to fund ourselves to go there and, you know, provide, you know, um, help in, in designated areas. So, for example, the Mekong Delta, um, it's just, I think, southwest of uh, Ho Chi Minh City. And um, on our, I think, second day, we were down in the Mekong Delta, you know, building houses for two impoverished families, you know, laying bricks, really, in, in, in the forest, you know. Um, and from there, you know, there, there were other parts of that trip, you know, like, uh, refurbishing a uh, an Agent Orange center, you know, for for children who were affected by the use of Agent Orange in the Vietnam War, um, and then there was a there was a veteran center as well that we were helping, you know, build a community garden for. Now that entire trip, you know, it was it was incredible in the sense that I was able to experience a completely new culture. You know, I'd never been to Vietnam before, and um, it was such a wonderful, you know, experience in that sense. You know, that you you get to see all these different places, people, you know, and um, but at the same time, I think the, 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 the sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry. Um, the, the sharp sort of contrast between the life we have here and, and the life that certain people have to live, you know, um, in places like the Mekong Delta, you know, those who are affected by Agent Orange, you know, and the veterans as well. I think that that's what really sort of stuck with me. Um, in particular, it's, it's like the, the effort that we had to put in to, to really get that whole trip you know, put together. So for example, in the year beforehand, in December of my year nine year, um, we organized a, a sausage sizzle at the year seven and year eight campus, for example. And, you know, the money that we get, we got from there was put towards this trip, you know, organizing things like, you know, the bricks, you know, being able to buy um, cement, you know, some laborers that would be helping us, you know. And uh, prior to actually leaving in term one of that, of year 10, my friend and I, um, so everyone pretty much had to organize a, a fundraising um, method. Someone, you know, could have done like a GoFundMe, that sort of thing. But my friend and I, we organized a donut sale. 
So I remember we um, got to school one morning and uh, halfway through our maths class, we left to go to Krispy Kreme with our year level coordinator. And we had about, I think, 700 boxes of donuts that we sold at recess and at lunch for about three days straight. And um, the money that we got from that, we put towards, um, we made a pretty big profit. The money we, put, we got from that, you know, we put towards um, our, our sort of collected group fund. And, you know, all of that effort, you know, and then prior to actually even going there and then, you know, doing what we did in Vietnam and then seeing the kind of change that we could, that, that we enacted, you know, being able to see the kind of um, impact we've had on, you know, another human's life. Um, I think that's what's, uh, that was one of the biggest parts of my experience. Uh, more, the biggest sort of, I think, yeah, no, sorry, what's the word? Um, it's left one of the biggest sort of impacts on me as a person, I think. So that whole Vietnam trip was, was uh, that, that was one thing. And then, you know, at the end of the, that same year, I'll, I went on a, on a three-week camp that started at Mount Hotham in Victoria and ended um, on the top of Mount Kosciuszko um, in New South Wales. So we summited the, the, the tallest peak in Australia um, across a three-week sort of journey. And similarly, you know, the kind of things you see, you know, um, you're completely disconnected from the regular, you know, life that you know, you're living and you're you're able to connect with different aspects of the world that otherwise you wouldn't be able to. Um, like with the Vietnam trip, you know, it, it's a completely different life that I would otherwise not have seen, I don't think. Um, and then with the, with the three-week camp, you know, you're really out there, you know, just, you know, in the wilderness, you know, um, away from the kind of urban life we live, you know. And um, I think those were some of the biggest sort of experiences that, that shaped me. And, you know, there were little things along the way as well. I call them little, even though they weren't, but in comparison, you know, um, like that Smith family tutoring, there was a homeless breakfast, um, sorry, breakfast for the homeless at, um, I think, St. Um, I forget what it's called, but there's a there's a, uh, a chapel in, I think, Fitzroy, where we ran like a breakfast for, you know, homeless people, you know, and um, uh, there was that as well. And just all these, all these things, you know, they sort of, uh, once I sort of put them out on a, on a bit of a timeline, it's, it's really clear to see, you know, how different my life would have been, you know, if I hadn't gone to Melbourne Grammar and, you know, how different it is now. But, but yeah, I think that's, that's what it sort of boils down to, you know, um, it, it's, it's really important for me to, you know, see, you know, how that sort of changed my um, worldview. Um, and uh, I think, Subsequently, it's made me a lot more, um, I think, I think in comparison to what I would have been, you know, a lot more, I suppose, what's the word, open-minded almost, you know, um, in the sense that I, I feel that the, the privileges that I have, you know, um, I'm lucky to have had them, but it's really important for me to think about, you know, those who aren't as fortunate. And um, I think being able to have the, <clears throat> sorry, perspective. That, that's the ultimate sort of uh, benefit, I think, that I've, that I've gained from that whole experience, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Do you remember how much you raised for the trip? Um, I remember the donuts, yeah. So I think um, the, the donuts we ended up, so I'll be honest, we marked them up by a fair bit. Um, it was a bit stingy, but we ended up gaining, I think, making it. So we overall, we sold like maybe $3,500 worth. But the profit yeah. was about $2,800 because it cost a fair bit to actually get them. But, um, yeah, yeah so $2,800 just from the donuts and then 
um, the sausage sizzle. There was a fair bit involved in that, but I think that was I, I wasn't able to um, see how much that was. But but yeah, I think that kind of effort with the donuts really paid off. So yeah, that was really good. What an incredible effort! You know, collective incredible effort from yeah. everybody who just had one goal to achieve. It's to raise as much money as possible in order to build these houses for people overseas and they're still probably living in them right now. And, you know, yeah, I just think that that's absolutely incredible and what an amazing experience. Gosh, some people wouldn't be able to experience that at all in in, throughout their entire life. So, yeah, fantastic. Mm. So a lot of parents sometimes that I've spoken to are reluctant to apply for scholarships because it often doesn't cover the entire amount. So, for example, you know, I had a look at the, on the Melbourne Grammar website before, year 12 fees for 2023 is 31224 for grade prep all the way up to 38940 for year 12 with a similar amount for St Catharines. So with the scholarship that you achieved, was it the full amount? Do you know what the value of that scholarship was? That's right, yeah. No, so it was 100% scholarship. Um, so everything that related to, you know, school fees um, was covered. So that included, you know, my year nine camps. Um, they were both, they're compulsory, you know, so they, they're they part of the school fees. They were completely covered. The year 10 camp, compulsory, fully covered. Um, and then even outside of that, you know, if you had, you know, little uh, uniform stuff, you know, for books that, you know, you, you would have to um, buy, uh, the scholarship covered, you know, I think a certain amount per year, um, that you were able to re- get reimbursed. Um, but in terms of the school fees, yeah, it's 100%. Um, so because let's be honest, you know, it's 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 uh, the fees that, you know, you just pointed out right now, they're unreal. You know, it's like for me personally, you know, I don't think um, I'd ever have been able to, you know, afford that. And so um, that is all covered. There's there's nothing, you know, that, that um, the recipient has to worry about themselves pretty much. Yeah, amazing. Was there any um, additional support in place for scholarship recipients such as yourself? So once you um, came on board as a scholarship recipient, you said that you still had um, contact with the organisers. Is that, would that be correct? And That's right, yeah. Yeah, because, because I suppose you're, uh, you're, you're coming from a completely different environment from a lot of the people from there. And so what sort of support was provided for you? Yeah, so um, the pretty much like when, when my friend and I, when we ended up uh, getting that scholarship, we were pretty much instantly part of that, that TMF family, the Melbourne Foundation family. Um, and in that sense, I mean, like uh, there were family days, you know, where everyone who was a past scholar or, you know, everyone who was part of the board uh, and their families, you know, would come together and then there were, um days where we would meet with the syndicate for example um the the donors um and uh they would provide you know experience because most of the donors they would have children who would have already gone through you know melbourne grandma or st cast or a similar sort of um school and they would be more than happy to you know help out wherever possible but in particular like um uh my friend and i we we were the first oh sorry um we actually had a mentor who was a who was the first scholar uh, for uh, the Melbourne Foundation back in two thousand and seven? So he was in constant you know contact with us, um, and you know if we had any issues, we just directed through him. Uh, him. And um, 
what else was there? And every semester we'd be writing, you know, reflections and based off of our reports and reflections, um, we'd get, you know, feedback, comments, you know. But outside of that, yeah, we would be in regular contact with um, the, the directors, the board, um, our mentor. And, um, and uh, we also, you know, my friend and I, we also had each other. And there were actually two boys um, who were two years above who were also scholars. So because it happens every two years, right, there will be um, uh, there, there were two boys in year 11 at the time when we started who were um, at, the, at school at the same time. And we'd be able to, you know, discuss with them, you know, any issues we would have because they had they'd gone through the same thing. So that was that was really helpful at the same time. And um, uh, I don't think we ever felt like, you know, um, uh, isolated or, or, or sort of there, there wasn't any sort of reason for us to worry, for example, you know, about little things because we just get them rectified by by that whole support system. Yeah. Amazing. So what advice would you give to other students who are aspiring to become scholarship recipients at prestigious schools, not necessarily at Melbourne Grammar, but um, at any other uh, at any other school? And what steps can they take to increase their success? I think um, I think authenticity is probably your greatest um, ally. I'll be honest. Um, just rem- remaining true to yourself. I feel like a lot of the time. Um, I've seen, you know, in, in interviews in the past that I've sort of been able to sit in with in the last few years um, that sometimes students, uh, they feel the need to sort of overcompensate, you know, to really try to sell themselves. I think they're, they're told that um, again and again. But I think if you remain, you know, authentic, true to yourself um, and really try to try to express, you know, um, your sort of individuality, you know, who you are as a, as a person, I think that in those interview sort of situations, I think that helps the most. For students, you know, who would be, who are a bit younger, you know, and they'd, they'd be sitting in um, or they'd be trying to, you know, get in, you know, in two years time, for example, um, I, I'd suggest, you know, broaden your horizons. You know, you, we, we all have such, um, such uh, sort of strict set out, you know, concrete lives nowadays that we're, we're not sort of willing to, you know, step out, you know, out of our own bounds. But I'd recommend, um, you know, experiencing new things just for the sake of it, you know, read a new book from a genre that you haven't read before, you know, um, I suppose, you know, pick up a hobby that, you know, you wouldn't have thought you, you, you'd like, you know, a few months back. But for anyone, you know, who's, who's interested, you know, or wants to try for these sort of um, opportunities that, you know, allow them to experience new things, you have to be open to that, you know, you have to be open to change. And um, that comes from, you know, before you even have that opportunity, you know. So um, I think, yeah, what it sort of boils, boils down to is, you know, remaining true to yourself as a person, being authentic um, and uh, really just, I suppose, you know, uh, like I said, you know, be open to, to, to new experiences almost. Um, I, hope that, I hope that makes sense, but, but yeah. it makes sense in my mind. But, yeah, yeah, I hope that, um, that uh, adds up all right. Yeah. Amazing. So you also... Um were given the opportunity to um, lead the student body as the school vice captain. Is that correct? That's right. Um, so what was this experience like for you? And um, were there also any specific mentors or teachers who had a significant impact on your journey and who did inspire you to, you know, eventually um, take, take on these, these types of opportunities at the school? Yeah, no. Um, I think that was one of the highlights of my of my time at um, Melbourne Grammar. I think um, 
it was something that, you know, I hadn't really thought about uh, considering until, you know, about like midway through year 11, because I simply thought, you know, I wouldn't really have much of a chance given, you know, I was only there from year nine. Most of the boys have been there since prep, you know. Um, and, uh, but despite that fact, you know, from the start of year nine, I'd been told by my head of house. So just a little context, um, Melbourne Grammar has a house system. So, you know, you have 12 houses that divvies up, you know, 200 boys. And there's about 70 kids, 70 to 80 kids per house. Um, just a bit less, actually. And um, not yet, a lot less, sorry. Um, but uh, in those house communities, you know, you have a head of house and you have smaller tutor groups. Um, and those house communities, they're, they're very tight knit. You know, you'd spend a lot of time with them um, every pretty much every second morning, you know, during the week, or you do activities with them, for example. Now, my head of house, um, he, from the start of year nine, you know, he'd, he'd wanted all of the boys in my cohort, my year nine cohort, to um, sort of try new things, you know, really go for as much as we possibly could, you know, really push our boundaries. And um, I think from, from pretty much that first term, you know, he told me, you know, just put yourself out there just because you're new. Don't feel like you have to, you know, hold yourself back because this is a new environment, you know, don't feel that you don't belong here, you know. And um, pretty much from there, he sort of inspired me to, to really put myself in situations I otherwise wouldn't have. And I think that sort of kick-started my um, sort of uh, desire to, you know, do more and more and more and more. And that eventually culminated in um, him telling me to run for, you know, that, that school vice captaincy. And uh, in a similar way, um, there was the so it's an Anglican school and the reverend the, the chaplain so he um I, I was very close with him because I'd done a a religious school um sort of interfaith program it was called and that I'd done that in year 10 and I think from there um our experiences there because I was I was a Muslim kid at, a, at an Anglican school and you know he really enjoyed you know talking to me about my experiences I'd speak in chapel often and um he was also very influential in my in my sort of um decision to and you know eventually run for that for that position um but i think my point is is that um from that what i what i realized was that there are so many people you know in that kind of environment who are gunning for you you know if you're if you're willing to like i said willing to change you know in that kind of environment there are so many people who want you to do the very best you can you know similar to spectrum you know the main goal is you know that the kids get as much out of it as possible and in that school environment, that's what they're hoping to get the student to do as well. Obviously, you know, some kids naturally won't feel like stepping up to the plate. You know, they, they prefer their comfort zones. But um, for the most part, you know, where they, the, the, the teachers, you know, they want you to step out of your comfort zone. They want you to do more than you think you can because they know you can, if, you, if that makes sense. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that whole experience, you know, school vice captaincy, that was, yeah, incredible, you know. Um, with the other captains and I, we would lead uh, assembly um, uh, quite often. And um, uh, just uh, it, was, it was just nice to be recognized by the school community, you know. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a nice way to sort of round off my school journey. And uh, I felt very sort of supported in, in, throughout that whole process. Amazing. All right, so... Where can people get more information about the Melbourne Foundation? Yeah, so um, I don't know the exact URL. I'll just quickly search it up now. Um, but we'll on their website. The yeah, we'll add it to the links. But, um, but they, 
but, but you're doing an intake this year, is that correct? We are. We are doing an intake. Um, we've, we've opened applications. So if uh, students would like to head onto their website um, through the link that's attached, um, they can apply. They'll be sent a written application. There's a few processes that I think everyone should know about. So, you know, uh, there's a written application and a, an online test that they'll have to do right away. Um, so once they're done with that, they're filtered through there. So it's a bit of a lengthy process before you even start. But I think once you once you um, have a look online, you know, see what sort of um, sort of testimonies you know are up there, you'll find that um, it's it'll be worthwhile. Um, so yeah, so if, yeah, I think just go online um, on their website. There should be a register option, um, and uh, you can have a look at everything you know uh, that's that they've done in the past up there as well. So yeah. Amazing. Um, so in terms of the written application, is that just like a an application letter, like a cover letter type of thing? Uh, well, well, sorry, no, it's it's more of like um it's uh simply just like a form, like a like a thing about like a Google form, a survey monkey, I think. Um so it's just like yeah, things that they've uh, they've got to list out, you know, just about you know yourself. Um, um you'll find more detail uh once you get that sent for you, but yeah, it's nothing too lengthy, just simple stuff. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Yeah. And the structure of the exam is similar to the Melbourne High exam, you said? Uh, the online test, I think, is slightly different. There's, there's like a variety. It's not quite the same in the sense that, um, it's, you know, it's not three hours long for, for, uh, for starters. There's no, like, actual um, written section where they have to write, you know, full lengthy, you know, essays or anything like that. Um, it's really just um, it's it's more of like an aptitude test. Um, so it'll be slightly different to what they've done, but they can definitely apply their knowledge of you know um, whatever they've whatever they've practiced for you know to that same um, sort of uh, to that test. Um, even though it's different, but but yeah, so it shouldn't be too bad. You know, um, I think the spectrum students, you know, they're more than capable. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that wraps it up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and uh, you know you are uh, living proof of uh, of that happening. So, thank you so much, Ayan, for thank taking you. the time to speak with me today and to share um, so generously the experience and um, yeah, and just just outlining uh, that whole process for all of our listeners. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh I think I'd just like to, you know, wish all the students who are heading into their exam next uh, Saturday all the best. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just another step, you know, in your life. You'll think that it's like a, a huge thing, but you know, in in not even like a month a month's time, you know, you'll be looking back and thinking, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's just another experience. So don't get too into your head about it. Um, if that's one sort of bit of advice I can give you, um, you'll have so many more experiences, you know. And um, just uh, start with the healthy habit of, you know, um, approaching these things in a, in a healthy way, I suppose. And so, yeah, I wish you all the best. Um, uh, I, I don't doubt you'll do incredibly well. And I think um, I'd love to, you know, see you guys uh, in, the, in the selection process. Um, and, uh, yeah, all the very best. Thank you so much. And I will see you in class on Saturday. Sounds good, Tweet. Thank you so much for having right. me. Um, you take thanks. care and I'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. 
That concludes our insightful conversation with Ayanne on today's episode of the Spectrum Tuition Podcast. Ayanne, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and expertise with us. It has been truly inspiring to hear about your journey from being a student at Spectrum Tuition, a scholarship recipient at Melbourne Grammar School, and now a tutor as well as your role with the Melbourne Foundation. So before we wrap up, I'd like to take a moment to extend a special invitation to all of our listeners. If you have a child in Year 7 who will be sitting the Selective Schools exam in 2024, we are thrilled to announce that our new intake for Selective Schools preparation classes is starting tomorrow on July 15. Don't miss this opportunity to provide your child with the support that they need to excel in their exams and secure a place in a selective school or even a scholarship. Enrolments are now open and you can find more information on our website at www.spectrumtuition.com or by contacting our friendly team on 1-800-668-177. All new enrolments start with a free assessment that can be taken either in person at one of our campuses or online via our website. We also have exciting classes lined up for Term 3 covering a range of subjects including English, Mathematics, NAPLAN preparation, Selective, Scholarship and VCE preparation. Whether your child needs extra assistance or just wants to further enrich their learning, our expert tutors, just like Ayan, are here to help. Lastly, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate this episode and to leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. By doing so, you'll be helping other parents and students discover the Spectrum Tuition podcast and benefit from all the valuable insights and stories that we share. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember that at Spectrum Tuition, we're here to support and guide students on their academic journey. Together, let's unlock their full potential and help them achieve academic success. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast, the only podcast for parents who want to help their children take their skills to the next level. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated and will help other parents like yourself learn more about the Victorian education system. If you're ready to take your child's skills to the next level, book a free assessment today at www.spectrumtuition.com. See you on the next episode.